Hey, Hey, y'all, it's Kristen and Christine from from The Takeover. Takeover. We're growing and loving the engagement via social media and through our audio platforms. If you want to hear more from us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That's hashtag The Takeover with Kristen and Christine. Listen, rate, and comment on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at The Takeover CC to join the conversation. Now let's get into the episode. You are now tuned in to The Takeover with Kristen and Christine. It is episode number 22. 22. This is the end of our inaugural D9 series. Yes. Last but certainly not least, we have our representatives from Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated and Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. And their names are? Earlene Stevens. Uh, Eddie. Cool. Are we only doing Eddie, like, Eddie don't got last name. Like, I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> y'all not going to incriminate like me. <laughs> I don't know. Am I like not cool enough? I don't know. Nah, y'all good. Y'all good. Y'all want to tell us a little bit more about yourselves? Sure. Um, I'm Earlene. I'm 25. Um, I am a first grade teacher at a charter school here in New York. I currently reside in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I became a member of Spring 17 through Ada New Sigma, um, Brooklyn, and, uh, Brooklyn and Queens alumni chapter. Mm, yes. Uh, my name is Eddie. Um, I'm 23. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I currently work in the city as a financial advisor. Uh, I went to Buffalo State College, graduated in May 2017, crossed back in spring 13 for the Always Digging Delta Gamma chapter of Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. Nice, nice, nice. All right. So <clears throat> the way we usually start off. Oh, you have something else to ask? Yeah, just because. Can you repeat the the name of um, this chapter? Yeah. The Always Digging Delta Gamma chapter. Yeah, because now my mind is flashing back to the question that somebody had asked weeks ago, but we didn't get to it with other people. Um, What inspired the name of your chapter? Or for both of you, I... I, Do you want to... Well, oh, you are always digging. Yeah, like mine's is, is an alum, alumni chapter, so we is uh, the enterprising Ada New Sigma chapter. Mm. It's real classy, very fancy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sophisticated period, sophistication period. So that's like what we coined. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before we were we were a uh, true blue twenty two, um, and <clears throat> members of the org and in the chapter, um. Years ago, they felt like that was um, like I wasn't like a true representative of the alumni members of the chapter. And so we wanted to do something a little bit more uh, pristine, a little bit more. Um, how do you say um, it like the, the word like a lose me right now? But we just wanted to make it very, very much um, like a representative of like who we were as a chapter. And mm-hmm. we are all like women of New York and certainly enterprising here in Brooklyn and Queens. And so. That was the name that they chose. And you? So uh, the motto for my fraternity is um, building tradition, not resting upon one. So with just going with that same idea, you know, IOTAs are seen as men who are always digging for gold. You know, we're always seen with shovels in our hands, just always trying to find, you know, that pot of gold, that, you know, that next great success story. You know, so I guess with my chapter, it just follows that line. You know, we're the always digging Delta Gamma chapter because the men that come from DG are always striving for great things. 
that's pretty much why it's called that. I like that. Beautiful. So I guess the next question would be, what drew you all to your specific org? So why SG Row and why IOTA? Um, My sister, she joined um, Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated at 413, same chapter. Um, And so she actually, she joined while, like, it was a very, like, interesting time in my life. Like, I was uh, pregnant, and I was, like, very, like, clingy, clinging onto, like, my family, as most people do. And I'm very, like, much of a family-oriented person. My sister and I are very close. We're six years apart. And so when she was going through her process, it it took a lot of her time. And I was like, who are these? What is this? Taking all of her time away from me. And I was still, (laughs) uh, I took, like, a a year off of college. um, And I was like, what is, what's happening with you and so like I kind of gave the women in the organization like a chance because I really wanted to know genuinely like what was taking my sister's time and energy away from me because I'm a little (laughs) bit selfish that way um and so um in doing like my own research I really like came to have like a deep fondness for the organization and the story behind it it was it's very different from the other organizations and so I felt I felt connected to it, like, off of that. And not only that, just uh, the women here in my chapter, Ada New Sigma, we, they were just, it, it felt like I was kind of coming home, honestly, because um, there was um, uh, people there that I had known from, like, childhood. And so um, I think that what drew me to it was, like, relationships, also history, um, also just, like, seeing so many women just embracing each other, loving each other, all in the name of Sisterhood Scholarship and Service. And I thought it was a very beautiful thing, and so I chose to pursue um, my chapter when I did. Beautiful. And for you, Eddie? Um, so I guess my story is a little different from the norm. Um, I didn't go to college, you know, with the intentions of pledging any Greek fraternity or anything like that. In fact, I didn't even know about Greek fraternities until I got to college. Um, my parents, nobody in my family's legacy like that. Uh, we came from Nigeria, you know. Um, so, you know, that stuff's not really big but over there. So when I got to school, you know, I'm I'm kind of like a guy. I always do my own thing. So I was always, you know, doing my own thing, going to the gym and stuff like that, the park, whatever. So, you know, I meet guys, you know, on the basketball court, we'll play ball, whatever. And, you know, you get really close to guys. That's really how guys make friends, you know, mm-hmm. playing sports and stuff like that. So these are guys that, you know, I consider my, my boys, you know, we chop it up all the time. So and then one night, um, I'll never forget it was my freshman year. I was uh I was actually in the girls' dorm room, um, and you know, outside there was a bunch of noise going on. Guys, you know, it was a fraternity. They was outside mm-hmm. making a hollering, making mad noise. Running the yard. Running the yard in a mm-hmm. sense. So <laughs> and the girl I was with, I'm I'm focused on her and she's focused on the noise outside. I'm done. So she's like <laughs> priorities. She's like, Let's go outside, let's go outside, let's see what's going on. So, you know, she drags me outside. And it turns out that the fraternity that was out there making noise was, you know, the IOTAs. And not only was it the IOTAs, half the people that were IOTAs making noise were the same guys that I was playing basketball with. So, um, you know, that off the rip called me um, because, you know, normally when you see, you know, people that are in a fraternity, you, you know, you never miss the fact that they're in the fraternity. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they always make sure that it's known. But these guys were just, you know, they were really themselves first. And then fraternity men was just an addition to who they were. Like, you know, it wasn't like they were fraternity men and that was the first thing you would notice about them. So, you know, I chopped it up with them outside. You know, they was like, yeah, you know, this South frat, da-da-da. You know, come to a party, whatever. They let me in the party for free. So then after that, you know, I started doing my own research. That you know, started the free party. Started, free, yeah, yeah. Free party. His girl was looking <laughs> through the window, paying he attention said, to something. You got to, okay. Listen. What's next? What's next? <laughs> so, so, you know, I did my research and then, you know, after a while, one of the brothers, uh, he was an RA, and he, you know, he was one of those guys, you know, in college that really mentored a lot of freshmen. 
So, you know, he was one of my mentors and he told me, you know, come to an interest meeting. So I came and then from the interest meeting, after really learning a lot about it in the meeting, I was like, after a while, it just became something like, cause I'm the kind of guy, you know, I see something, it looks good. I'm I'm going after it. You like know, his I'm girl. It's going green. So, <laughs> so I decided to do it. Um, you know, no I decided comment. to do it as a freshman and, and now here I am today. Yeah. Cool. I think it's always great to ask why their org because the stories vary. The all stories the time. vary, and when we were in college, I don't know if y'all know, but we probably say this. We've been saying this every single episode, but <laughs> uh, so frats and sorority affiliation, both above ground and underground, were totally completely banned our freshman spring. Yep. So even when we had the opportunity to probably follow in the footsteps of um, black women who had gone to Amherst College, we went to Amherst College in Massachusetts. Um, we weren't afforded the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we knew people who ended up crossing, you know, our senior spring, our senior fall. We um held or we had joint parties with people of um freshman different year. orgs <laughs> freshman year. Um, we went to other people's um, you know, pageants and, you know, conferences and all their different things we went and supported because they were our friends as you all said like they're people first and then Mm -hmm. um they represent their orgs but it was always very interesting to know like we were sitting on our side like oh yeah we think that these people joined this frat just because they like the colors or oh because um they boy they boy or they're running the yard Mm -hmm. or they're the hot shots but it's always interesting to hear the stories like with legacy with you know actual bonds that are being made you know that's really cool so, speaking of those things, you know, we also hear about the amazing things about running the yard and what is what that puts into it. So, for example, community service or networking or the huge conventions that you all um, go to, whether it be on the undergraduate or alumni level. So, what things have your org has your org done recently that you are most proud of, and what things have you partaken in or things that you've ha- actually helped spearhead? Gotcha. Um, well, my org, we we do a, a lot of different things. Um, from the like beginning of the school year, my organization, we were founded by seven school teachers, and so lots of it is revolving around education, uh, leadership development, uh, community service, and giving back, things of that nature. And so, right from the beginning of the school year, just um, with Operation Big Book Bag, doing um, drives to give back to the community. Um, all the way up until Christmas, all the way up until like now where we have like a youth symposium coming up and we're offering like health awareness to women and uh, financial workshops with We Savers and uh, Project Cradle Care, which is also coming. We have a lot of things coming up mm-hmm. <laughs> um, plug, plug. Where, we, <laughs> where we are offering um, information regarding uh kids with premature uh who were born prematurely and how to how to uh care for young children and things of that nature if you have if you just had a baby um personally i could have benefited from that if i had known about these kind of things and and so many people are benefiting from it and so um that was like one of the things that i really one of the the programs that i was really like admiring as an interest i was like wow you guys do so many like different things on so many different levels and me i'm an educator and so like it it fits like you talking about kids like i'm all for it you talking about like leadership development which it just gives right back into the community goes back like it it's literally like a return like it returns itself it's like recycling kind of thing you give to it and then like comes back to you in so many different ways and so um that's just kind of some of the things that my sorority has uh, been doing so much more stuff coming 
you had mentioned like things recycling and coming back. So I'm wondering what came first. Was it your interest in becoming a educator or being interested in your org and then realizing that it's where your heart lied? Definitely. I think um, my my journey to becoming an educator came before my life at Sigma Gamma Row. I was like, well, I love education. And initially I wanted to be a professor in African-American studies. Um Right? And so... Um, she's going to become a professor doctor. That's why she's <laughs> doing all of this. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, but then um, I had gotten pregnant. And I was like, I'm going to, like, do something else. And I was already dealing with, like, children. I was like, let me, like, you know, kind of twist my career and, like, do it to something that's a little bit more immediately beneficial. And so it switched to early childhood. And so, um, and already in my career, like, I was, uh, like, Sigma Gamma Rho came shortly thereafter and so for me it felt like things were coming full circle because you hear about the other organizations and everyone has their different foundings but like I feel like Sigma Gamma Rho what they offer is is so much it's a it's a different level and if it's when it speaks to you it speaks to you so deeply mm-hmm. and um so my founders being educators that was like the icing um on top of the cake and the cherry and all of that but <laughs> um it my educate like the education for me came first and then my love for Sigma Gamma Rho, but once more like full circle. Mm. Cool, and I guess just to pin it over to to Eddie, like what what amazing things have you did did you do on campus? Are you doing now post grad as an iota with your brothers? Community service, networking, things of those nature. Definitely. So um, you know, post grad I have been really busy, you know, in my field working and everything. But you know, when I do get time, I always do community services. We did one just as recently as the twenty fourth, Christmas Eve, you know, where we went and handed out some food, you know, for the homeless and everything. But definitely when I was on campus, um, one of the big focuses on IOTA is a better fatherhood program, which in the sense like, you know, being black men, like we all know how it is, you know with black men not being there for their children and a lot of, you know, black kids are raising in families and um, households without fathers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we really focus a lot on giving back to the kids and really just being that, you know, that, you know, black father figure in the community. So back in Buffalo, we have very close ties with daycares where like, you know, we'd go there twice a week and we teach the kids how to play basketball. You know, we help them draw, create everything. And that's something that we've been doing for a while. So, and I know that's still going on now today. So, you know, we focus on that. I Fit is another one of our movements where it's like basically we, we focus on getting the kids, you know, outside, outdoors, you know. In this generation, a lot of kids just stay on their phone all the time. They're inside on the computer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get them outside playing sports, whether it's basketball, soccer, you know, whatever the sport may be, we focus on getting them out there. So a lot of our things really do focus on, like, the younger generation and the youth, and that's that's kind of, like, you know, what empowers us. Cool, cool. It seems like that's what ties your organizations as well. So that, like... Mm-hmm. It's very heartwarming. And I'm seeing this like yellow radiating from both of y'all, y'all <laughs> colors. Y'all will see it when we take photos of them. But it's just like everything that they're saying, I'm like, oh, this is so warm and lovely. Um, So since we are on warm and lovely, um, I feel like <laughs> we're going to swing that on over <laughs> to the other side. So we've asked about the misconceptions of other orgs. And I feel like they're always like really hot. Button. People try to come for other orgs. Right. People talking about like org. the crazy things their org members are associated with. So is there any misconceptions of your org? Um outside of the things outside of like the things that you guys have described as like the really authentic parts of your um mm-hmm. your orgs. Like what are the things that 
you feel like people, people don't, don't get. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my sorority, like, we'll learn where we coined the phrase, like, last creative best design right um but also right snaps um y'all, so y'all got it with these like these phrases right <laughs> uh, <laughs> but aside from that we're uh we're known for being like the smallest uh, sorority um and so we're not crossing uh like a ton of women right um when we're doing our lines when we're doing membership intake um and so like people like they think that that's like a thing to clown about but like Little do they know, quality over quantity. Um, also a coined phrase. <laughs> um, so my sorority, we necessarily don't have a problem with being like told like, oh, you guys are like where y'all at? Like that kind of thing. Because when we are there, we make such a great impact. And uh, you have people from all over, um, people from all over just trying to like see what we're about. And I love that my sorority, you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper. You don't, you don't, you don't. Like yeah. <laughs> you like that? You like that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what we're, we're known for being the smallest. Um, but I don't, we don't have a problem with that. So, uh, I mean, I guess with my fraternity, it's kind of similar, you know, um, you know, being the youngest, you know, the number nine and the divine nine, you know, the common misconception that I hear most about IOTAs is that we're lame. Um, which is very funny to me because I never considered myself a lame. <laughs> and another funny thing about it is that I didn't notice that conception until I got out of my, like, Buffalo kind of domain. Like, you know, it wasn't until, yeah. like, I left Buffalo and came to back to the city that I'll hear, like, oh, you're an iota. Oh, why'd you pledge that instead of something else? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever people said that to me, it was confusing because in my yard, we did the most community service. We mm-hmm. had the highest GPAs. Well, we threw the best parties. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know we did what we had to do. We was getting stuff done. In a sense, we definitely did run the yard. And you can ask anybody that went to Buffalo State, they'll tell you that for about a stretch from spring 13. No, it was even before that. Maybe spring 09 to maybe last year, Iota was running the yard. So, okay. but, so, yeah, that's what I hear. And, and, you know, if my chapter, brothers, if the Delta Gamma chapter was to walk across the block, if you didn't hear us, you was going to feel us. And if you ain't feel us, you can hear us. So it was, it was always that kind of thing with my chapter. So it was like, that's the biggest misconception. But I'll definitely say that, you know, that is really more chapter wide. Um, and it's not really like the whole fraternity. Because if you go down south, like, you know, where alphas, kappas, q's, um, you know, the most popular and iotas are, you know, really small, then, you know, that might be the case. Maybe the lame guys do pledge iota. But here up north in the tri-state, New Jersey, New York, Buffalo State, Albany, you know, you look at the Iotas over there and you're like, nah, these are, you know, these are some real men. Like, mm-hmm. these these are, like, we could have been anything. Like, mm-hmm. And we chose to be Iota because, you know, we're, we're outlaws, you know. Another thing I really like about my fraternity is that, you know, we don't follow the rules that everybody else follows. Like, we do our own thing. Like, you know, whether, whether it comes to, you know, tradition, rules, anything. Like, I pledge as a freshman. You know, you don't do that in any other fraternity. Oh, okay. Like, so that's that's definitely a, a common misconception. And I'll say that if anybody listening still thinks IOTAs is lame, go look at at Buffalo IOTAs on YouTube wow. and Instagram and you'll plug, find out. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> I guess to tie um, up not only your, um, your segment on, you know, your commitment to your orgs, but also just the D9 series in general, um, you know, a lot of people who are listening to these past now going to be four episodes um are oftentimes college students or even you know post-grad people who are considering you know joining one of these amazing nine organizations um what advice would you give to someone who is intending upon 
you know, really getting themselves into Greek culture and like understanding truly what is for them. Like what advice would you give to them on their journey? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think that, um, aside from, I feel like everyone goes do your research, but I feel like doing your research is more than just like being out here on your computer, looking up the website. Um, because it starts there, but like you have to get up and be around these people. Um, and, and you have to feel that vibe. And so for me, like, I was like, I was feeling the vibe before I did research because my sister was a part of it. And so I was like, all right, so they got a different energy. Now let me do my research. And so, like, if you have the privilege to, like, be around uh, whatever organization that you would like to be, like, you know, be a part of, then do it um, and see if it's right for you. But also, um, I would say, like, I will say, like, chapters differ from, from place to place. And you don't necessarily want to base your whole perception of an organization on the people in it. Um, but unfortunately like that influences it and Mm -hmm. it can be a positive or a negative thing. And so I would say like, don't take that for granted because even like I'm a member of Sigma Gamma Rose already incorporated, but I'm a person and like for me, I'm a Pisces as well. So I Mm -hmm. operate on vibes. Mm -hmm. I'm like all about the energy and I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, if this doesn't feel right, like I'm not going to do it. And I would say that like you do your research, you go around them, you feel the energy and and then you you move how you want to move based on that um so yeah and and try to be objective about it all because if i was out here thinking like oh you know sigma gamma rho they they are a small organization um if i was a person that wasn't necessarily like interested in that kind of a thing i would be deterred from it um but i would like to say my my sorority is uh they have a really big chapter here we have over 100 members and um so it's not necessarily based on con- like misconceptions. You mm-hmm. definitely have to go out in these streets and do what you need to do and get the information um, in order to make the best decision for yourself. Because that's really what it comes down to. Cool, cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. So is your question like if somebody's thinking about joining your org specifically or just Greek in life org. in general? You can answer both. <laughs> um. Okay. So I guess I'll just do Greek life in general because it kind of fits both anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, you know, like she said, you know, do your research. Um, but I think it definitely has a lot more to do with the people that, you know, you're around and the people in that chapter than the whole org itself. Because, you know, you could do your research, but that's on a national level. Now, does that chapter, how strictly does that chapter follow, you know, the national guidelines? Are they doing all the stuff that they're supposed to do? Or are they just crossing people because they're pretty or because they're cool or because, you know, they're athletes? So it definitely feels, you know, you, know, you really want to, dive into that chapter or wherever you are whether it's alumni undergrad you know really see how those people move see if you could get along with them because you know i've heard so many stories of people cross and they don't even you know talk to their chapter brothers or their chapter Mm -hmm. sisters and i feel like you know that should have never happened you should have figured out if those are people that you'd want to be around all the time before you decided to you know Mm -hmm. start and go pledge for them so definitely you know definitely look at your surroundings look at what they're doing Look up their nationals, see what they see what's going on nationally, and figure out if that's really the right fit for you. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Next up, we have black lights. So this black light segment is where we typically uh, shed a light on you know those who are doing excellent things mm-hmm. in our community or just and, and when I say in our community not even in only in our local although it can be but just like in the black community so it's sort of like people who are doing great things for the culture in the culture 
um, things of that nature. So if you all have anybody that you all want to shout out, any organizations, any people, um, people, they don't have to be famous, like people that we don't know, but you want to put us on to, mm-hmm. give they, us like their at names. Give they us got their, a Instagram business, right. you know, nice. doing good things, inspirational, motivating entrepreneurial <laughs> I can't think of anything right now it's like I wish I might like my phone's on the charger but um I wish I'd be like scrolling through Instagram to like shout someone out um I, I can't think of anyone off the top what about you well I'm gonna just shout out you know all my Buff State graduates that are doing their things right now um shout out my LB Corey he just uh he just finished his time you know in the navy he's doing his reserves right now he's out in hawaii living his life i think that's huge shout out my pro fight Quam. he just finished the army you know he's doing his reserve life now who knows where he is maybe cali or something so definitely just you know all those people that you know i watched as a freshman growing up with me you know doing big things right now because you know we go to college for a reason you know it's not just to pledge Mm -hmm. and to you know go to parties and to meet people is you know to make a life for yourself after college so definitely shout out all the college kids that are doing their thing right now. That's sweet. True, yeah. true, true. Now I have a shout out my chapter. <laughs> shout out to the lovely ladies. <laughs> hey, New Sigma. Um, yeah, I still can't think of anything right now. But uh, so many great people out there doing their thing anyway. And so uh, whatever you're doing, uh, keep doing it. And mm-hmm. yeah. Shout out my OB Tarzan. My AC just had a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, forget about he's that. He's killing me. He's like shining me right now. <laughs> Shout out to my Ella. She's moving to North Carolina. <laughs> Anybody that? Oh, wow. I was about to ask you the same thing. Anybody want to? Shine a black light on Christine. Um yeah, I'm gonna shine a black light on uh, one of my sisters from Prep. Uh, you know, Prep is our organization that we were part of when we were 10 and 13, 12, 13. Um, we both did the program at different times, but ended up meeting together on the same college campus. So we did the program here in New York City. It's called Prep for Prep, um, and it helps um, students of color gain access to predominantly white independent schools and boarding schools. Um, and so one of the people who was in my contingent, sort of like my my mate, my sis, her name is Florence, Kristen knows her, mm-hmm. Flo Ngala. Uh, she is doing the damn thing, may I just say. Uh, all these recent pictures of Cardi, um, you know, at Gucci. the Grammys, Cardi um, getting ready for, um, you know, the, the nightly shows and all of that. Nice. Um, that's her. That's her work. Um, also, she was the pride for a whole year. Um, right after Gucci came out of prison, she was his um, private photographer. Like, he handpicked her. Um, and so it's just amazing to see that my sister that I knew since I was 10, um, you know, she always had this bubbly attitude and, you know, walked around with her little point and shoot. Um, was selling her own, like making her own pins, <clears throat> selling and wow. her own pins when we were in high school. Um, she, you know, started up basically, you know, like how Facebook has those um, official marketplaces now. Mm-hmm. She had, she had like one of those like black market ones, like it used to be like a little group and everybody mm-hmm. used to be in it um, selling day close to each Aww. other and like doing meetups everywhere yeah. in the city. Like nice. she used to run that herself. So she's always had this entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, like go get a spirit. Um, 
she she just finished up college as well so i'm just happy to know that she has her degree but she's also you know working for herself and being able to make a living off of the stuff that she wants to do and she's giving right. back to the culture by giving our people phenomenal lighting so that their skin can yes, actually flourish very important. because that's important uh, um, be visible okay yeah, black folk melanated yeah, folk she, yeah and she's just getting picked up by a lot of you know great people both you know legends as well as up and coming stars so shout out to you florence hopefully we can have her on the show very soon Ooh. Um, I actually want to like tap into what tag you were it. tag. Yes. Tag <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> prep usually like produ- the people that they sell um, in order for kids to be interested in it and as well as their parents to be interested in it, in it is these like doctors and lawyers and like bankers and like all these professions that we're very familiar with and is are very lucrative and um have a direct path and i feel like the fact that she followed her passion even after going through prep is so commendable Mm -hmm. because there's sometimes i'm like uh so where the coins at do i go down this path or do i go down this other path um, so that's very commendable, as I said before. Also, I met a prep woman, uh, woman from prep <laughs> in the Amazon bookstore on 34th oh, Street, exactly. which is like I was just going in there with my friend. And he was looking for books. Um, Darius, mm-hmm. friend to the to, to, to the, the takeover. Um, and and then he was like, yeah, she went to boarding school. We went to boarding school. And then she was like, which one? And then she said which boarding school she went to and then she was like oh really which one did you go to and then it ended up like oh i'm from prep and then i was like oh wow this all makes yeah. sense because we're everywhere yeah. like it's a cult yeah but um that, that's that so shout out to her for helping us find a book um number two uh, my black light for today would be blue ivy because um i believe that none other <laughs> than blue ivy carter can actually um control Beyonce or or Jay Z. She really told them to pipe down. She you really like, said. She, she said, "Ain't nobody got time she to be like clapping this. for these people." They were clapping. <laughs> Literally, mommy and daddy was clapping. She was like, she like tapped them like, yikes, <laughs> chill, chill. Stop. And they stopped. Do they stopped. Yeah, they, really, they looked at <laughs> them like, like, "You're right. right. You're so right. We're not winning, so we will not clap. <laughs> we will not." Oh my god, that had me so dead. So they also had her I whole eat. lunchbox with oh. See, that's <laughs> ready real parenting. I was just telling my LS like, she, they were like, "Really, a whole juice box?" I was like, "Listen, you don't know juice box, rap. cheese sticks, <laughs> until a, a carrot, thirsty child is like, God. where's my juice?' Mm, right? All right, and at the Grammys, and at the Grammys, like." But she was wearing like all white juice box snacks. Like she don't play that. But how they trust her with all of that? Because blue, blue is a different purse. Like she's a whole new. She a diva already. Right. You know, female version of a hustler. Okay. Like apparently she's getting this money. That's why she can wear all this clothes. Ain't nobody can predict Beyonce but Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy's like she will shut up now. (laughs) Show them. That had me so dead. (laughs) Boy with black. She was oh, like, I don't know. Just that's imagine good. if Blue Ivy was like, I feel like she'd that's be the type to kids. turn up at the Grammys. Like, I really don't care which event this is. Like, my she mama should have won. Yeah. I just need my lunch. Right. She said, you're <laughs> doing the max. I'm going to need you to not. <laughs> right. Yikes. You're embarrassing me. You know? <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah, speaking of the Grammys, we're going into... New music, new music. That's right, that's right. So, every Monday, we highlight... Um, new music on our Instagram, mm-hmm. and today we highlighted "Walk It, Talk It" from Migos, um, featuring, featuring Drake, Drake, off of this new Culture Two Deluxe Epic piece of 
thing that they're calling an album. Yeah. So yikes! Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm just not for it. I I understand like the lucrative part of it, like the whole let's make a album that has over 25 songs so that, how many songs doing it has so that because you know what it is for it's for streaming purposes so like oh, when you put up 25 and it's like okay somebody picks one and then you know like when you don't pick the next one it's mm-hmm. gonna automatically pick something that they think is very similar mm-hmm. it might end up being something on that album or they'll go back to it so it's sort of like wow. you'll just play it <laughs> for oh, the plays wow. wow 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 it's a lot of songs yeah. right whoa I didn't even notice right. it was long. you're scrolling for a long time Kristen yeah, I don't like that Mm-hmm. Wow. But speaking of just in general, have either of you heard the song? Yeah. Um, I have. Yeah. I you have? Song. What you think about it, Eddie? Oh, uh, I think the chorus is a little repetitive, but it, it is a good <laughs> song. It's actually one of the, the better songs on that album. Is it because of Drake? Um, you know, Drake always plays a part, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh <laughs> But no, no, no. I think it's just a good good song. Even the the message behind it is a good song, you know. If you're going right. to walk it, you know, I mean, if right. you're going to talk it, you got to walk it too. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's a good message. Um it's just a little annoying sometimes, you know, walk it like I talk and they just keep repeating that. But um That's their but it's thing, definitely though. a a good song. I, I I like the Migos. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a fan like of the Migos, Migos so. Mm-hmm. Anything on off of that y'all think y'all y'all orgs would probably stroll off to? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. We probably show to walk it talking. Yeah, I like stir fry. Um, I love me some yeah, stir fry. I do like stir fry, but my org like we apparently we like the Migos. We have like like a show. Apparently, <laughs> we have a show. It's a t-shirt. Like we have a show. What's that other one? Um, dang, it'll, it'll lose me right now. But it was an, it's another one. Is um, it bad and bougie? It is bad and bougie. <laughs> of course, it's bad and bougie. bad and bougie. And that show is a little bit lit. Um, mm. But yeah, Migos is I. They cool. I'm done. Yeah, trap rules everything around us, and I feel like I finally, I finally like, <laughs> I finally come not to with terms it. with it. No. Yes, you, you, no. yes, yes. I no, mean, I'm trap rules every. At some point. Travels we need to expand them. the kids' vocabulary. You work with kids. Um, <laughs> you want to help the kids in the streets. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, they want to expand their vocabularies. I These do. songs use all of four words. Offset really <laughs> said, I was li- looking for words that rhyme. I was writing out words that rhyme. So I was like, boy. <laughs> like, this I is could get a, I could catch a five-year-old right now and write all the words that rhyme with walk. <sighs> it's more than talk. But it's catchy though, and it makes money, and um, and it's like aside from the whole like is that the most important music? thing about music now, just to no, make money? I think so no, but makes people so happy. So I actually got a question for you guys. Um, right. Okay. Okay. You know, Interview us. It's, it's <laughs> funny that we're talking about this because you know group chats, or whatever you know, mm-hmm. with the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always have an argument about how you know rappers today suck. You know, they couldn't hold a candle to rappers back in the two thousands and in the nineties. Because, you know, rappers back then actually, you know, had a message behind their music. You know, they were really saying stuff that matters. You could feel them. Nowadays, it's all about melodies and, you know, just mixing sounds together to sound Sex, good. drugs, and alcohol. Um, but then one of the my friends, you know, he came in the chat and he actually made a very good point. Because one guy was bashing, you know, I guess 6 9 or whoever it may be talking about their music is trash. And then he said, you know, art is subjective. That just because you feel like it's trash doesn't mean it's actually trash. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason why these people are so popular is because their music does sound good. They mm-hmm. might not have a message, mm-hmm. but it does sound good. So um, I guess the question is, like, do you guys feel as though even though there's no real message behind it, it mm-hmm. could still be considered good, good music, music because it is art in a sense? I personally, well, first, I got to clear up 6 9 Um, I heard that he's a trash person. 
Um, oh yeah, I, I heard about that too. So so I'm not even gonna give credit to whatever he does because I I'm like at yeah, this we point we learned where about I'm, him a couple. Weeks yeah, ago. I'm at this point where I'm like, do I put lift the person up or I'm like, okay, they produce great music, so we'll put him to the side. But I feel like Migos. Um, and uh, other black people that are their sound is unique. I'll give them that. Yeah, I feel like in this, in this, and the, not only is it unique, but it is universal exactly. And so for people to sit there and replicate that music, you realize that it has to be some type of good for it mm-hmm. to catch everybody's ears. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what also makes it good to me is that maybe not the messaging because you know I'm always conscious of like what it what it's saying to young people what it's saying to people all over the world like are we telling people pop all these like percocet molly this that and the third that is essentially not going to sustain them in life so to me that's not good but i feel like the mere existence of their sound and their presence at the top of the charts is radical and so i do believe that it's good like Mm -hmm. that they don't have to have a specific message in their music Mm -hmm. if it if it doesn't promote negativity and it is cool, like bad and bougie, like literally uplifting women, like, oh, you cute, you bad, you bougie, you do whatever you want. And and people have to get with it. So I feel like I feel like I would consider it good. Yeah. <sighs> um, For me. Um, <laughs> no, I think I, I, I put it this way, like and. I can't I can't come on my show and be a hypocrite and be like, oh, I, I care about production and I'm such a uh, I have a musical mind and I can sit here and like think about, OK, what synth was used here or, you know, what what you know, what sort of production was put overall to create the beats that people know and love. And like the thing, the fact that we can sit in a club or we can be wherever we are and we can literally know when the next beat is going to come. And if it does, if it sounds off we're going to know like, okay, that's a different song. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Cause like so many songs are using, you know, similar beats, but the whole thing to me is like, I'm still a sucker for, you know, a message because I can't, I, I'm always going back to a Lauren Hill. I'm always going back to a Bob Marley. I'm always going back to, you know, these artists that are really <clears throat> like truly saying something that's timeless. Well, exactly. and so maybe they should have their spot and maybe people should try and replicate that because if you try to replicate, replicate a Lauren, what? that's going to be... Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't want... You know? People... That's so, why people fall the, off. So I think in that sense, I guess I will I will give, you know, credit where credit is due to people like Migos um, who are... <laughs> who are definitely, like, etching out a space for themselves. Right. Um, because I was saying, you know, I didn't think that tra- trap was going to, you know, last so long. Like, trap and that And the fact that there's different types of trap, like trap soul, bubblegum trap, like... There's different types I'm of it, and like you trap can, soul. huh? <laughs> I love some trap soul. Trap, see, trap soul is like I love the subgenre that just right. trap soul. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, like, I don't know. I think, and then then again, I can't also sit here and be like, oh my god, like this music is trash. When I was sitting there in the thousands doing the lean with taking the over for the nine nine three two thousand, girl, you like working this. with some like. And people was like, that was trash. And I'm like, no, that was my childhood. Like, you have to respect right. that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. Soldier boy, tell him. I think overall, I'm not going to remove. Right. <laughs> yeah. Turn my swag on. But I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to. I guess. I'm, I, I like to think about it in this way. is like, what would I deprive, you know, my offspring from listening to? I probably wouldn't deprive them from listening to trap. Yeah. I would. I mean, they shouldn't. Like, first of all, they're gonna hear it anyway, so that don't make sense anyway. to me. The no, same way, like certain things will not touch their ears. <laughs> like, we're not gonna get into that right this now. This is the only reason. I, oh, 
Like what? We'll talk on another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I do think, um, you know, that's a really great question that you asked, Eddie, because, you know, I could sit here and be like, oh, it's not my cup of tea, but other people can sip on it. It just won't be mine. But for her children, I think I think it's drinkable. I think it's consumable. Yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> I think for the like the the kids like the same way like lean with a rock with it was like kind of our tip, um, along with like the T Pain and the other stuff. Right. Yeah. But um, but our songs came with moves though. Like it, we had I mean, dances. Right. They dance. Like, you don't even know well, the dance. Y'all sound it's so true. old right now. I mean, though. it's crazy. Saying. It <laughs> does so because old. I mean, even back in the day, they could be like, "Well, our song had a message." Right. Like, well, our songs came with moves. It's like now y'all saw it come with drugs. So it's like. <laughs> What you it's want like your songs with today? With what you something. want to sign? It's so true. Everybody's song come with something. Um, but you like you gotta give credit what credit is due. And you can't knock it for it. Like it being somebody it's it's somebody's childhood right now. It's mm-hmm. our adulthood. Mm-hmm. And we can like we can judge it for what it is. We could be like the tra- the message is trash. It could be better. It's not my quality, it's not my taste. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for some people, it's what they know. It's like mm-hmm. all they know. And lean with a rock with it. They ain't rocking with it because it's not. They're like, oh, that's mad old. It's outdated. You like, damn. They probably old? looking at us like, what were y'all need to sound out? What, what, what actually were you listening that's to? The thing with a rock with it was like the precursor to the Millie. I don't know what y'all talking about. Ooh, she's. Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay. And then you. Um, that's what is it? What is the know, word for? Um, yeah. For the span of time. There's a word out here. Okay, black girl lit. I'm gonna get into You're my get to it. Okay, get to it. but I think what I would say, I'll give it to this current age of music, is the mastery of the digital epistemology. Um, devices. Look at you with these big words. Okay, um, the digital devices, right? Like the digital age is definitely a testament and is very like indelible to the way in which they make music now as opposed to you know back then like it was very much like we need live music i'm gonna need a keyboard over here i'm gonna need a clarinet over here a flute over there some drums over here and we're gonna get it on and pop it mm-hmm. whereas now it's like i can press piano on my you know apple mac and you know i could get the beat going already and mm-hmm. i can you know put in a little bit of code or whatever and it starts playing exactly what I want it to sound like, you know? And so I give that to the producers now, you know, they're definitely, people fought for that technology to definitely become, get into the hands of our people Mm -hmm. and the fact that they're using it to an extent that they can also, you know, make money off of it but also allow their people to still feel good like at the end of the day you want your music to make you feel good mm-hmm. um you want music music gives you that high and that release and fills that void that other things just certainly cannot do for you um including the drugs that are they're talking about in the song so <laughs> regardless of the fact i think um it is great that we'll be able to you know use this modern day age you know digital devices in order to make the things that we still know and love which is ultimately music true but next week we're gonna have to get back to our roots and we're gonna have to find some dance hall, some reggae that just came out because I feel like you know it's getting a little bit warmer. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have not heard anything that's like authentic. Have y'all heard reggae, any new music like, that you guys want to shout out? New music. So I don't know the exact songs, but uh, one of my friends he actually or just artists, released yeah. a 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, reggae mix okay. on SoundCloud. So his name is uh, DJ, DJ Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. Uh, yeah, you I'm guys dead. might know him. Uh, we know him. So yeah, you know, check out his mix. Nice. He probably got a few, uh, few new gems in there. A few new gems. Um, I'm about to text him, and be like, "You got a like, shout I'm, out, boy." <laughs> I'm right with uh, Christine over there. Like, I'm like an old, like an old soul. Like, I really do love a good old, and I love trap soul because it reminds me of old school, uh-huh. slow it down, neo soul kind of thing. Um, Are so, you Bryson Tiller? I am Bryson Tiller, but also I'm her. Also I'm okay. SZA. Amazing. Also. 
Also, I didn't like SZA in the Grammys last night, but that's another conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> wait, why not? Um, I just felt like I didn't I didn't necessarily enjoy the performance. Like oh. I I like a good performance. You hitting the vocal cords, and I don't care too much for like the rah rah and what you're necessarily doing on stage. But I care about the quality of music that you're making. And I felt like for me, it was a little bit like it missed the mark. I was like expecting like this great thing, and then she was just like. I thought she was subpar. Oh, I, I didn't like it. Well, to love that's something is truth, to be critical man. of it. So huh? exactly, to love something is to be critical of it. True so. that. Very true. So yeah. Speaking of R and B, real quick, um, do y'all realize that Bruno Mars won like all these <laughs> R and B categories? And like, are you? Do you? Do you so believe what was that he supposed makes to sense? Win? Just pop. I think. So. Do you think his album is R and B? Did you hear his album? I liked it. I feel like does that it's count good, as R&B? but does it mean that it's R and B? Um, I think some some of the songs may have like it. It definitely gave you some R and B feels. Nah. No. Nah. Damn. I feel like it's so pop and it's so like a. Oh God, I I feel like people want to attack me for this, but a caricature of like mm. R and B, like it's. Mm. So when you think like of R&B, like who do you think shoot. of? I feel when like it's a caricature. you think of? Like currently, um, currently or back in the day? Because you know Queen Mary J. Blige is like R&B <laughs> to smiling me. so hard. Or um, I feel like even, I, I, can, I can see the R&B strain in Bryson Tiller. I can see the R&B strain in her. I can see the R&B strain in, um, what's his name? Um, so, so does he just need to either? slow Tory it down? Tory Lanez, maybe. Tory Lanez, right. So, mm. Does he need to slow just, it down for it to be R and B? What's wrong with his R and B? Why his R and B ain't R and B? It don't I mean, sound like theirs. I don't know. I mean, I mean, R and B supposed to give you gimmicky. feels. Like. It's supposed right. to give you feels. It yeah. gave me some feels though. I was bumping that hard last year. Like you supposed mm. to think about that X from like you know, <laughs> last year, last <laughs> summer. <laughs> you know, stuff Must like that. When you listen to R and B. Must be in your films. That's Must a prerequisite. But do you think like it was the like what he was singing about, or do you feel like it's like his? I don't know. Because um, like when I do you feel like it I was feel... the song, or do you feel like it was like his vibe? Like do you vibe, feel like, do you feel song. like Bruno Mars could give you an R and B vibe? So what is nope? Okay, so that's what it is. <laughs> okay, so, so okay, so when I think of finesse, when I think of that's what I like. I That's think of, I, I hear like. groups. I hear groups. I don't mm-hmm. hear like individuals. So I'm hearing like Bell Biv DeVoe in my head. With finesse. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Like a true. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, I'm, I'm hearing, um, that's what I like. I'm even hearing like, some girl groups like I could see some girl groups that would have done that song, you know, a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I, do, I think it was too fast paced. are they not R&B? I think it was too fast paced. That's was, what I like some, for R&B. Maybe. But there's some songs on it that's a little bit uh, slow like Versace on the floor. That's like to me. I love it. That's like giving me after seven vibes. I'm like, you know, after (laughs) seven, buddy, you're not like you know, after seven, nigga Versace on the it's cute. It gave me those vibes. I'm I'm still at a loss, but you know what? If y'all think it deserves to be in R and (laughs) B, by all means. It's, I feel like this rate it's like with all of these award shows we always gonna come down to it like oh this person didn't deserve to be over here or who told them that. like this yeah. is the recording academy okay they supposed to know where they put in the different people but then again the recording academy is so white so they probably don't even know so recording everything like so what is that has a little bit of you know melanin in it <laughs> you know you, you just forget. gonna dump it you dump it in urban you dump it in um 
R&B. Everything, everything with an adjective R&B. Urban R&B. Contemporary <laughs> R&B. It's, it's, and then somebody came to me and asked me today. They were like, oh, like, is he black? And I'm like, do, they, do you have to be black to make R&B? Is that a, is that? I don't know. Is that a thing? Ooh, I don't, I don't, think, that's so. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so either because it's like you look at a John B. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Girl, get in my brain. Mariah oh, Or like a Robin Thicke. Mariah Carey is, is black. Is she? She's mixed. Well, she's white and black. So she's not white first. She's not black. But she got black. Revoke the black card. She got black in her. I didn't know she was half. But he's actually, so he's actually half, so his dad is half Puerto Rican, half Jewish. hella white. Hella white. And then his mama was a Filipino of Spanish ancestry. Okay. So then I said, well, if we're going to have to delve deep, because then his Puerto Rican, it, does it got blackness in there? Is Puerto Rican? Bruno? Bruno. Yeah. I feel like he's a man of color. He got Yeah, blood. I he agree. Got, yes, that's, that's definitely. I mean, I can't agree on somebody's yeah. composition, but that's that's who he is. <laughs> got so, a little sauce. Uh, <laughs> he got a little sauce. So my whole thing is, I don't know. I feel like, you know, there were, uh, there yeah. were a lot. Forget that. Let's go to Rihanna and how thick she was last oh, night. Oh, she's she was strong. Can, can I just say this about Bruno Mars? When I found out that he was Puerto Rican, right? I was the Bronx girl in me because I'm from the Bronx. I was like, yes! Like, because I rock with the Puerto Ricans. I rock with the Dominicans. And his dad is from the Bronx. I, we rock. Exactly. And so I was like, all right. So, like, now you black to me. And now I'm we dead. can talk about Rihanna. <laughs> she claimed him. She claimed him. I'm dead. But listen, Rihanna just gave me all types of life. Queen Even though she was yes. on the stage for all of two minutes. She was hitting the little, she like, was. moves. I'm like, oh, these are different. They're not, like, because, you know, Rihanna be doing some, like, very strange things. Nah, she I'm was hitting, <laughs> she she was hitting official stuff last night. I was like, okay, she, she moves how she went away sometimes. Moves. It's called the Guara Guara. I, I I saw that. The type of dance. Rihanna does Guara Guara okay. dance at the Where's Grammys. Where's that from? I'm going to get back to y'all on that okay. one. It's from South Africa. Oh, interesting. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's yes, right. Yes, 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 yes. That's the video that went viral with the little kids, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, yes, so, I don't know. I, I just feel like she did amazing last night. Let's talk yeah. about the, the positives from last night. Okay. Rihanna. Looking... Like, like a everything. whole yes. meal, three quarters. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't watch all of it, so I can't really um, comment uh, on all of this. You know, Beyonce coming late because she had to go get her braids done on one twenty fifth, and she had to get blue ivy damn juice stop. box. <laughs> no, she so. didn't. But them things looked very tight, so I was like, that Stupid. gotta be one twenty fifth type braids. Um, I'm crying. What else was looking bomb? Um, I'll give it to Kendrick. You know, he opened up the show very avant garde ish. Yeah. It, it looks very in line with his body of work. Um, and the girl that was flailing her head so much that her whole um, her whole mic fell off for him. Oh. And, like, she was all over the floor. She was the one. She was beating a the drum. Then she was dancing. She was multi-purpose. Oh. Multi-purpose. <laughs> Can you call a person multi-purpose? I digress. <laughs> and then there was also um, Charlie Gambino. And he had the little boy with him he on the did. stage. Wasn't that from Lion King. From, the, from yeah. Lion King. Oh. And he's going to be... Young Simba, and then Childish Gambino is gonna be the voice of Simba. Dope. That's adorable. Isn't that great? Isn't that lovely? Childish Gambino does some great things. I'm yeah. awaiting Atlanta when it comes back. I, I, I didn't even watch the first season. Yeah, I gotta, so I gotta, I gotta get, get on, on that. Can you yeah. please? 
Yeah. Just watch it. Yes. I need to. Or your, your black card is going to be revoked. <laughs> no. <laughs> dead. Dead, dead, I'm dead. the one to revoke somebody's black card. Please. I got to get on it. There's so many things well, I'm behind on. you gave one to Bruno Mars like, so you could revoke them from other people. I think it's a blessing that I'm actually behind on this. Let me put it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Because at one point in time, we didn't even have that many shows to be like, oh, I ain't watched this yet. But now, mm-hmm. you see like so many like creative yeah, black people so just putting out work. And it's like, oh, I, I, I got to finish this. So like watch this. this before I start this. So I yes, do. I'm like very happy about grown-ish. That. Like I want to watch it so badly, but I'm always missing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. um, like on like Netflix. Like she's gotta have it. Oh, Did you guys watch it. that? Yeah. Yes. Love. It's coming back for a love, second love, season. Love. Did you watch it, Eddie? Uh, no, I actually haven't watched it yet. One of my uh friends actually, he's a he's a rapper. And Star. Star. Yeah, he was able to get mm-hmm. one of his songs on it from Spike Lee. So yeah. that's actually a pretty big uh pretty big show in our little circle yeah. sweet it did very well i was very happy for him i was excited for it i was like "Ooh, she's gotta have it now it's the show yeah heard it's a pretty raunchy show though tis is raunchy, raunchy. Right <laughs> you should watch the original and then watch the show right. and then be like mm. yeah that's a whole analytical essay waiting to happen well more Facts. so i'm like i don't think it's that raunchy she got she, she got three people. She's, it's like a. She was like a. She's a modern day. I mean, it's a she line has four, with Sizzle. She, my man is my man is your man. Her man's her man. <laughs> <laughs> my girl is your girl is your girl. Her girl, your girl. Well, um, they I were would, sharing the woman. They yeah, were. were they not? Well, she was okay. I don't even know if sharing is the right word. She here. was giving herself to three different men. She was sharing. She was herself. giving herself. I don't know what the right terminology is. So I'm she not trying to sharing, get got right here. Sorry. Right now. Instead of sharing her body, let me not talk to her. Uh, talk about her as an object, but she was sharing her her bed with three different men. She, that's how she's a pansexual. Yeah. That's what she calls. She her. likes what she likes. She likes what she likes. She's well, she's gotta she's got to have she's it gotta, exactly. <laughs> and on that note, we will be right back. We're tuning back into the takeover <clears throat> with Kristen, Christine, Erlene, and Eddie. Ooh, I like Erlene. the way that's Christine. Christine, Christine. <laughs> Erlene, Eddie. Okay, all everything like flows. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Points, points for y'all. Okay, so we will dive right into Black Girl Lit, and the lit is for literature, so literatura. This is, this is Kristen's. Um, space where she gets to become the og nerd nice. um where she gets to talk about all the books that she reads all the books i don't read okay. um, <laughs> and plan on reading um you know the i drop in some long. yeah but overall it just allows us to you know think about not only just books but you know how we consume written format so mm-hmm. whether it be twitter mm-hmm. or you know just articles or right. newsletters Poems, like anything yeah anything so Anything that you all have. Uh, last week was really interesting. Was it last week? Oh, yeah. It was last week where, you know, the people that came and represented for um, Sigma and 
Zeta, they were talking about the different poems that mm-hmm. they had to learn right, while, you know, one. they were, you know, in process or or have committed to memory <clears throat> from their process. Right, it was um, Invictus. Yes, and Excuses. Excuses, mm-hmm. And so um, I guess, not necessarily in line with that, but what are you all reading? How do you all keep up with literature or just mm-hmm. with written content and things like that? Gotcha. Uh, like in a digital format, probably. Anyway. Like, yeah. Like, um, so first I got to like shout out to my soror, Deirdre Cooper, who she does. She just, uh, she just, uh, released a book. It's called Medical Bondage. Blacklight. Yeah. Right there. Look at that. Yeah. Soror, do you think? And it's, when it's, did that come uh, out? It's, huh? When did it come out? When um, I do like December. Okay. Yeah. So it's really recent. Um, just exploring like, uh, the lives of black bodies in the medical field, um and how that's utilized scientifically and mm-hmm. so shout out to her for that but i'm What's like her name sorry deirdre cooper can you can you spell it i'm trying to yeah. oh oh christine got, got me. it thank you nice okay um <clears throat> also like but i'm like a big poet poetry head so i love um anything so um with poetry and so there's this poet her name's alex l you guys probably heard of her alex l yes she's got neon soul and i'm just like it just has those gems in there, just gem dropping, like, when you need it, like, mm-hmm. all about self-love, yes. all about, like, just reaffirming yourself and whatever journey, path you are in your life, um, not letting anybody kind of dim your shine. And and so that's, like, the kind of tip that I've been on. Like, she, like, her quotes, they, they just, like, they hit me. They're like short, mm, concise, really, exactly. And then it's like it's the perfect read oh when you scroll goodness. in. You're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yes. Like, yeah. Can I quote one? Yes. All right. So it's this one, and I put it on my Instagram too. It's it's called self love, and it says, and if love is is, and if love is something you are missing, you are not looking hard enough or deep enough. Love. It's like impactful to that. Did you touch, Eddie just like his heart. Yes. It. See, it. it's like all about that. Reaffirmations, mm. right? That's all. What about you? Anything that you're reading? Anything that a favorite book that you have? Favorite poem? So, uh, I mean, most of my reading uh, nowadays, you know, have to deal with finance. You know, kind of learning, you know, the <coughs> ins and outs of it, how to help people and things like that. Um, which I guess is kind of like a black light. But something that I've learned recently through my readings is that, you know, in the workforce. Black women are actually the largest growing workforce at this time. Um, you know, whether it comes to going to school and graduating and earnings, mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of sad to say, but black women are far out earning black men, um, which I think dives deeper into something that's fundamentally wrong with our culture and our society. But, you know, that's probably a conversation for another day. But, yeah, so most of my readings are nowadays focused around finance. But mm-hmm. just to go off, um, you know, the poetry tip, I guess this is kind of like a black light too. I also want to give a shout to one of my pro fights, Oliver Colbert um, on Instagram. His name is unfazed poet and he's been doing poetry, you know, since he's been at Buff state and ever since he graduated and left, he's just blown up. You know, he goes around I'm so excited. He does poetry all around New York city. He talks to kids at schools, all that stuff. He even has a door-to-door poetry service. Wow. So, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. If you, you, know, you want um, to, you know, Jersey. get your... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure if the coin is right, he'll probably go anywhere. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, if you want to get your, your significant other or side girl, whatever it may be, you know... <laughs> 
Ooh. a nice little poem, you know, Make some flowers. Real special. Oh, I adore, you know. All of that. Definitely Listen. check him out. So that's Instagram at Unfazed Poet. I'm like, I'm, I'm in, I'm I like stunned. That. I like that. Everybody but needs I'm a word. I'm also really, really happy about just like the people that you, you guys have like highlighted because um, National Poetry Month, you know, um, it's coming up. And we also want to do, in, in addition to like compiling our music selections <clears throat> that we always have for New Music Monday, we also want to compile like the literature that we've been reading, mm-hmm. um, the poems that people have given us. So those definitely will make the list. And I, nice. I'm like so happy and yeah, y'all are perfect. Wow. That's so sweet. Oh, also Sister's Keeper. It's from uh, my sorority poem. Oh, I think I... Let me see. It's like a real... Like, that's like our I like I've heard, heard signature. Dope. As a um, as she wrote? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dope, dope, dope. All right. Well, we're going to go right into our next segment, and that will be I Got It From My Mama. So this is usually where I would bring in something. Kristen would also bring in things uh, that are mothers or women in our lives who have mothered us, um, things that they've taught us, typically mm-hmm. in a quote form, or just something that they've passed on to us that we've either um, dedicated ourselves to to mm-hmm. learning and reinforcing or unlearning. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, yeah, that's big. So Eddie said he wanted to share something that his mother has taught us, or taught that him, taught him that, he that he wants teach to us. teach us. So, yeah, uh, you know, growing up, you know, my mom was the breadwinner in my family. Um, my father was there, thank God, you know, he's always with us, but my mom was the breadwinner. She was making um, more money. Mm-hmm. And she was just a hardworking woman, like, it was, she was one of those mothers that, like, you know, you look at her and then you look at yourself and you say, you know, I have no excuse. Wow. And that's one thing my mom always told me growing up that, you know, my only job as a kid is to go to school. You know, I literally have no other job. Like, I don't have to take care of nobody. I just have to go to school. And the quote that, you know, she always used to tell me growing up that really stood out to me that is that she said, anything that's worth doing is worth doing well. And that always stood out to me because it just goes back to the sense that, you know, time is very precious. Time is the one thing in the world that, you know, you can't get back. So if you're going to put your time into something, you know, you you shouldn't half ass it. Like you should always go full out and do it because if it's worth doing, if you're going to put time into it, you know, you might as well be the best at it. You might as well mm-hmm. do it well. And that just always goes back to everything. Like, and I use that. I follow that and everything. Even getting up in the morning like i hate i'm not a morning person i hate getting up traveling to the city every morning but it's like all right well i'm doing it so i might as well do it well you know right. i might as well do it the right way so mm-hmm. that's definitely something that stuck out to me growing up mm-hmm. got it from my mama nice okay um i think um lots of things that my mom was saying growing up it kind of got blurred out just like as because <laughs> like i'm like you're a teenager but also i'm i was just very like passive aggressive i was like yeah i'm here you now here you but but like um as an adult now and now i'm a mom and uh she's very much like still there just championing and holding holding it down like even as we speak um i think that she she drops a lot of gems and now i listen to it with like new ears and so mm-hmm. um i think what she's been and this is not like a quote or anything like that it's just literally like her just having a conversation with me like you know what you you're really like you you're too nice sometimes and it's like well what do you mean by that and and then you kind of you think deeply about it and you kind of take that where you go and it's like well you're too nice to a point where you may hold your tongue and it's like what you what you have to say or what you're feeling it 
it doesn't necessarily hold as much value as what someone else has to say, if that makes sense. And so Mm -hmm. instead of making someone else uncomfortable or said to be uncomfortable in my brain, I'm thinking I'm making someone uncomfortable by what I'm saying to them. It's like they're making me uncomfortable by like doing what they're doing or being how they're being. And, and, um, and so like her saying like, Oh, you're too nice. It just kind of like affirms like, well, you need to like buck up a little bit more and like Mm -hmm. actually say how you feel because you can't sacrifice like your feelings, um, in your thoughts, like just at the expense of others, because nobody's going to have your back. Like you do, you, you're literally your own advocate. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think like recently, like that's been, I've been taking that with me, like wherever I go, like to my workplace, just like voicing up a lot more, um, to my sorority, just having my opinions and, um, putting like that on wax more. Um, and, and that's kind of how it, it, in my relationships with men, like, this is how it is. Like, because you can't, you can't be out here, like, being anyone's doormat. And that's really, like, sure. what it comes down to. You can't make yourself uncomfortable by making people comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just, just that. Taking that with me wherever I go. Those are amazing. We all, I feel like we always end up with quotes that are, like, it, like, it, it catapults into this whole, like, genealogy that is the word and not <coughs> epistemology genealogy mm-hmm. whatever your heart desires because i don't know what none of those words mean <laughs> okay. so go ahead with um, yourself but yeah it like jumps into this genealogy of like what they've been through and what their parents have gone through and like the reason why they're telling us that like that is wisdom yeah um and then like you said you like understand it in a different light like the more you hear it the more you experience different things in life mm-hmm. so I, i'm always like blown away by the things that people bring forth um that their mothers have taught them and like the things that we talk about all the time mm-hmm. on this podcast mm-hmm. um the more- cyclical nature of it i think is very important just because mm-hmm. of the mere fact good people will always be there unfortunately bad people will also be there too right. so how do you guard yourself and arm yourself True. and it's through the it's through the literature it's through the sayings it's through the music it's through knowing your history you know like it's and it's through conversation like this that allows for other people to hear them whether it be you know taking it and we each go and talk to another one or right. you come and listen to this lovely podcast right. as you're doing right now especially for people who haven't had like an immediate mother um right or a, like a, a motherly legal like right guardian or whatever yeah, case figure right yeah. and so like i feel like this is always a place for us to like talk about not only our parents but like the other people's parents and, like what they brought to the table and share that um so we'll get into more words because that's how we're gonna close out the episode okay, <laughs> right, um right. and it's the word game that we do with all of our guests we've done it with the angelie of the breakfast club we've done it with the, the cardi, cardi b, b now international superstar <laughs> nice. um and we've done it with everyone who we've um we've interviewed through the d9 series and we have a couple words how how does it work because you always explain it better okay. in terms of like i don't know if i explain who, it who says what and what okay. we say it. there you it's go. learning by doing okay. i think that's best okay. but um essentially <laughs> what happens is that i will say words to eddie and Kristen will say words to erlene there we go and you all will say the first word or phrase sentence that comes to your mind based off of what we've said to you yikes okay it could be anything that's the scary part. This, this, <laughs> this, your fin- this is the final punch, man. This is the ending. This is okay. go strong, man. Go hard or go home. Well, because you're scared, we're going to start with you. Nah. Beginnings. <laughs> Wait, did you, did you say something? Beginnings. Beginnings? Mm-hmm. New. Endings. Are never actually the end. Gold. Digging? 
That's so funny. She's like, digging question mark. <laughs> Business. That's what I do. Nice. Community. Service. Education. Scholarship. Ooh. Music. It's a vibe. And the last, both of you guys will um, respond to it. The takeover. the takeover. Best show ever. Lit. Lit, Woo. lit, lit. We got lit twice in a you row. Right? Nice. Praise. All right, so we are about to tune out of The, the takeover, takeover with Kristen. Christine. Erlene. And Eddie. Bye, y'all. Later. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for having bop, us. Bop, 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 bop.